Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> It's Jillian. Welcome back to the Hamilcast and welcome to part two of my hang with Wallace Smith. Mulligan Madison on Broadway came from the Chicago company and just like all around badass. So if you haven't listened to part one, definitely go back and do that. You should anyway, because he's just like super fun and smart and cool to listen to. But we're picking up mid story right now. So a refresher is that Wallace had friends in Hamilton. He hadn't heard or seen it. And he was watching the phenomenon happen all around him and actually for real watching it because he was right next door performing in Les Mis. Okay, here we go. Enjoy part two of my chat with Wallace Smith. So to be able to look at that from like a glass house perspective and to also have friends that you can see in in the glass house, yeah. it was so cool, man. It was so cool. But I'm doing like Miz. So I'm like, man, th- this is incredible. Like, we get to watch them and we get to do Les Mis, you know, at the same like, time. Like, how cool, how lucky we are to be live right now. Like, everyone's being exactly. awesome. At, like, this whole block on 46 <laughs> right? between like, we're doing great. Eight, eight, right, 8 and Broadway is just like, bumping. We did it, you guys. We did it. Yeah. So then, like, I would see people, we'd be getting ready for, like, matinees, and we would hear, like, sirens, and the whole street is, like, blocked off. For the ham for ham. For ham for ham, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. So, I hadn't seen it. Certain cast members of mine in Les Mis found ways to go see the show, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. What was your original? Were you kind of like, huh? We, we do a lot of readings and labs and trials of different shows, right? Um, just being an actor in the theater community, you know, your your agent will be like, hey, do you want to do a twenty nine re- twenty nine hour reading of, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And you'll be like, all right, sure. Never heard of it. Don't know what it is. So I really didn't pay too much attention at first because I thought this was just one of those maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you just don't know. And the thing is, usually it is. I mean. That's why we're here, right? Come on. Like, just keeping it real. Like. Right? And and now forever. Yeah. Forever. Everyone is going to be like, but it could be. It could be a Hamilton. <laughs> it could be. Every, I mean, people are going to be turning people away from readings and labs now. Oh, my gosh. That's like, how things start, you guys. Straight up. Always. 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 From the dirt <laughs> up. It does not start anywhere else, right? right? It has to. Yeah. And so, the but who I did know was I knew about Lynn because one of the first shows I saw when I got to New York was In the Heights. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that I knew... The, the, when I first saw In the Heights, I didn't see it like where when Lynn was still doing it. Yeah. I think he was gone. I think Javi was doing it at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, I had never heard somebody take authentic hip hop. And I'm talking about from cadence all the way down to like like the, the words to the music and make it work in musical theater. In the Heights was the first time I had ever heard anybody come close to that. I'd never heard anybody come close to that before. I, I would always turn to rap music like to go put in like Eminem or like sure. Busta or like my favorite rap group of all time is Tribe Called Quest. Oh, God. So, right? So, if I wanted rap, I knew I, I couldn't get it in the theater. So, I just, you know, would have to get it, yeah. you know, on a CD or whatever. You know that you have like a, a Q-tip quality to your voice, right? You know. Do you know that? I've gone... I've gone I'm saying to places. Quality. I'm not saying you sound exact. I'm saying it's a quality, and I it's all—it's the good, and it's I like the, that. that gritty, awesome. The fir- the minute you opened your mouth on that stage, I was like, 
My favorite, ju- my favorite just got doubled. Like I can't. Oh, believe- it's so awesome, sweet. dude. Thank you. Anyway, no, continue. I used to go to listen to Q-Tip DJ because sometimes he he used to DJ. Yeah. In certain places and just spin. Of course. And I was just like, man, I'm just trying to be where like, you know, where in where the, the room author- where it happens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, real, though, where it's like, authentic. Just, you know what yeah. I mean? So. But yeah, so I knew about Lynn, so I put the two together, Lynn Hamilton, okay, this is definitely going to be, at least it's going to be authentic, whatever yeah, yeah. it is, right? Right. So- um, The street cred was there. It was there, <laughs> For man. For sure, yeah. Like, I don't care what it does. Totally. I'd never heard that before, Yeah. you know, in, in musical theater. So then I finished doing Les Mis, um, and I actually was supposed to do it longer than I did, but I, I left because I was just tired, right? Like Tell my, the people who you played. I played Angeros. I just so, love hearing other people say that name. Yeah. Because I feel man. like I always butcher it. It's, so I always, I just love it. It's such a beautiful character. Oh, though, gorgeous. Like, on so many different levels. Totally. And I was so blessed to meet, to, to have work sessions with Cameron McIntosh. Oh, and, God. Um, you know, all of the writers on it. And, and it, I just came out such a better person. Yeah. I mean, it's lame as. It's lame as, I mean, man. You know, say no more, right? Yeah. It's like, come like, on. It, it was incredible. Yeah. So I was supposed to stay longer. But I left, I knew like in October before, because I left in like January, February. In October of my run, I knew I was getting tired. Like I could tell, Yeah. right? So I knew that by the end of my contract, I was like, even though I could stay longer, I just want to take a break. So I leave Les Mis and I'm auditioning for other stuff. And they said, hey, Hamilton is uh, wants, wants to bring you in for auditions. So the first thing I think is, wait a minute, Oak's not leaving the show? You know, I had no idea mm-hmm. about touring in Chicago. The, I did not realize that Hamilton was moving so fast yeah. that they were, I mean, they were on it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So then I go to the audition and like, I, <laughs> there was, it happened so fast, but it didn't happen too fast. Like uh-huh. it happened to where like I was able to take it all in. I remember the, the packet that I got to audition, it looked like a Bible. Like I was like, what? is this like like as thick as the hamilton that's right in front of you well you know i'm i'm putting i'm putting a little extra on it <laughs> no but i've 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 had people sit on that couch Ooh. and i'm sitting here talking about the t- i mean double digit number of auditions and thinking they're going to broadway and then chicago and then getting cast in something where they Man. didn't even know a tour was happening in that city and getting these packets so i i've heard yeah. i mean these packets are the things of legend at this point no the hamilton packet is real for real it is real yeah so i got it and i was like I didn't, I wasn't intimidated. Uh-huh. I was like, this is Hamilton. I've never seen it, but <laughs> I know. Have you listened? No. So I did not listen. One of my rules is I will not listen to a show. Uh-huh. If I haven't listened to it already, I won't listen to it because I, I have to always see what does the music director say. If the musical director says, go listen to the CD, it's just like that, then I'll go listen to it. But if the musical director wants you to come in and bring your own thing to it, I usually like to give it a second to see what do they want, right? Sure, yeah. So after they show that they're interested, then you got to figure out, okay, well, then how do they want you to sing it? You know, do they want you to do it like the album? Because they're, you'd be surprised. Like, the, everybody's different, right? So you, as, a, as someone who's in this whole world, just as a rule, then I guess you can't listen to anything new because you don't know what... I mean, like, Hamilton was the biggest thing ever and your friends were in it, so you, like, actively weren't listening to the show I was, at all? I didn't want to listen to Hamilton because I wanted to have the experience that everyone else had. Right. And I think at the time, either the album hadn't come out yet or it, it had just come out, and I 
still in my mind, I was like, I just want to see it and right. be blown away. I don't yeah. want to have any reference uh-huh. point at all. Because there were tons of people that had seen it at the public. Sure. Then they went to see it on Broadway. I had seen nothing mm-hmm. at all. So then when I finally got the green light to go listen to the album, I started listening to it and I was just like, wow, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I didn't know what to say. And I didn't really know what to do with the material. So first. who was in your packet? Who were you listening for? Or were you just listening I just tell to you listen? This, Hercules Mulligan was not in my packet. See, I hear that you're not the first person to say that. He was, he was not in my packet, right? But I knew that I knew that <laughs> that, that character yeah. was a cool character because I saw images and, and stuff like that, right? And I thought that and you Oak, know Oak you know. the bandana, let me tell you something about this bandana, right? Can we please get into it? So look, I've worked with Paul Taswell uh, one time on Paul, this show. please come on. I would love to talk to you. He, he, we did this show called White Noise. And it was in Chicago. We 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 tested it in Chicago, and it was like a Paul's race. a costume designer. Sorry, yes. everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I remember putting on his costumes for that show and being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like he just like when Paul you wear it, you're just like miss. you. Ju- your whole demeanor just changed when just the imagining Ooh. putting on something he designed. I mean, I'm not like I mean, watching you. Listen, it's real. Like he's pro- like Paul is special. That's yeah. all I can say. Like he he. He does not just go out and find clothes and then put you in them. Right. You know, he he's calculated, right? So when I saw Oak, like with the leather jacket and that the beanie. long jacket, the yeah. my shot, like oh, your pants look hot. Like, oh, come on. It was cold, right? It was cold blooded. Like, just like, <laughs> they look cold blooded. Like, but all of it, like from the parchment all the way to the military uniforms, um, I was like, wow, man, this is incredible. So to. I, I knew more just, you know, visually about the show than I did sonically. Sure. Um, wow. Which is like. It's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. It's, it's hitting me on so many levels. Like what that means that you just said that. That's bananas. Yeah. I really had no audio connected to anybody. So there were times I would be listening to the CD and I did not know who was doing what. So I'd have to look at like my 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 notes you know and some stuff was out of context so i remember they had me reading for like washington one time so you have to like find the lyrics and like see yeah yeah i would, I would have to try to put it in context but i had no visual right. reference so i didn't know like for instance one time i had to do right hand man in the audition and i had to do can i be real a second yeah for, right but still i did not know what he was looking at I didn't know what the scene was, uh-huh. and that that does on? so much yeah, when yeah. you do see a show, because then you put it all in context, and you're like, "Oh, that's the energy I'm supposed to have. Uh-huh. Oh, that's what we're fighting for, or that's what's going on, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm preparing this stuff just really, just on a blank slate. Wait, the bandana. Oh yeah, the bandana. So <laughs> the bandana is cool to me because when I was a kid growing up. That was one of the things we all used to do, especially in the 80s, because of the Karate Kid. The karate, like, he used to wear his, remember, like, he would tie his thing. Sure. And, like. That was was a big thing. It was huge. That's, like, a gift. Like, I'll tweet that at you. The Ninja Turtles. Totally. They all had, like, the things around their heads. Of course. So, when I saw that in the show, I was like, what? I'm in. That's what we're doing? (laughs) Okay. I have this long leather jacket. And and a possibility to wear a bandana? Like, come on. Come on, on, man. You know, yeah, Rambo in the 80s. He wore one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of those things, right, that were just. That made the show that much cooler. Yeah. Just, you know, from a visual standpoint. So I prepared all this stuff. 
And and Mulligan was not even in this packet. Mulligan's nowhere in there, right? My first two auditions were a bunch of other things. Meet with Tommy. <laughs> a bunch of other things. A bunch of like, other guys, like right? Like one last time, like that <laughs> nonsense. Like, what? It was some other stuff, you know. Some other stuff. You know, some other business we Burn. were taking care of. <laughs> um, but um, I had my session with Tommy, and I knew, I knew who Tommy was from other stuff. And Tommy's great. Like, the thing... Mm-hmm. <laughs> The thing that's amazing <laughs> about Tommy Kale is that he will sit back and let you find it. Mm-hmm. And if you find something that really works, then it's something to address. Yeah. But a lot of times he puts you in the ballpark and he's like, all right, go take your reps. You know, swing the bat. And you swing it and you might look at him and be like, was that good? And he'll be like, I don't know. Let's try it again. Yeah. That is really what allows your engine to warm up, to figure it out. You know, so... That was like my first two auditions. And then for my final one, I knew that everybody would be in the room. But that final packet I got had the rap for Yorktown. So I prepared everything else. Mm -hmm. But my heart was really in that Yorktown rap. Like I love the way that it rolled off the tongue. Mm -hmm. I love the energy. I love the song. Like that section of that song, the whole song makes you just want to fight. I don't care what it is you want to fight for, but it makes you want to fight, right? Agreed, for sure. So, or in- survive, fight, survive, get through it. Yeah. So I went into my audition, and the person who asked me to do the Yorktown no. rap. No, what? Was Lin-Manuel. Stop. That's a true story, man. Like, he he was like, you you, you have the, the Yorktown rap? I was like, yeah. He was like, let's do it. And in my head, I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, of course, like you know, you you'd like okay. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's, no, I, yeah. No, I think I could do it. Yeah. Let's be professional. Super you know. chill. Meanwhile, no chill whatsoever. I'm ready to jump out the window. Right. You Heart know, and do through it through your chest. You, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It it was like putting on a tailor made jacket. That's how it felt to me. You oh. know, as 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 a person that was doing it, because sometimes you you audition with material that doesn't it's not bad but it doesn't necessarily sit the way that maybe it'll sit three months later yeah yeah, yeah. it felt like that sat right away i was grateful to to get to do it right, right. so then like we we did all the other material i got oh to do the yorktown god. rap oh my god we did like one stanza of, of james madison something he does and yeah that was it and then like a couple weeks went by and then i knew i was gonna join the chicago cast oh it happened really fast yeah but it, for you to say, like, it happened super fast, but not too fast. Not too fast, because I remembered all of that. Yeah. Because this was, like, right after the Tonys happened, and, and you know, um, the, the height of the show, you know, was just, everything was heightened with Hamilton, just like it is right now. Yeah. Right? But it was so fresh in everybody's ears and eyes yeah. at that particular time before we got ready to get into rehearsals for Chicago. And the next thing you know, you know, you're doing the role, it's yours, and then you have to start making choices. You know, Then you have to start looking at history. Then you have to start asking yourself, how do I want to play this character? Yeah. Um, so what, what were those questions and, and answers like for you? So for instance, when you think of the word Hercules, mm-hmm. I think most people think huge or mm-hmm. big. For Oak, that probably worked a lot easily for him because Oak is a big dude, yeah. right? And in intelligence, because Oak is very intelligent, man. You know, it, it's it's like, wow, that fits so well. So for me, I had to say, okay, 
these are things I kind of equate a name like Hercules with, even though we know that in history Hercules was not he was a you know Irish American tailor, you know who <laughs> he 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 was not huge by you know any stretch Look, of the Hercules imagination. Hercules Mulligan spilled the tea. His whole listen, job was that he would listen quietly and just get everyone hammered. Probably that's Look, it. I'm half Irish. I'm allowed to say that. Come on, and then just like run back and be like, hey guys, this is the the yeah. this is the tea. Let's do it. I mean that that was his job, right? <laughs> So it was just, (laughs) so yeah, I just started to just create just on the basis of things that I knew, you know, about the story Mm -hmm. and you know, you just start to create and come up with ideas and you really work off of the other people in the room yeah, um, and what they're throwing you and you're finding it. Right. So that really was not the hard part with Hercules because he, you know, you get standing with a group of guys fighting for for your country. Is it so fun? You can, I mean, you don't need Hamilton to feel that. You can just <laughs> yeah. walk outside, you know, just and go protest, yeah. right, up in Harlem or, or downtown or mm-hmm. wherever. Like you can have that feeling anytime you want right. in 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 our society today. Um, but the real one for me was James Madison. Like that was the one that I was like, I really gotta dig into this individual you know yeah and i really just kind of started with the script i try to always figure out why things are said Mm -hmm. you know or why things are not said you know burr says a lot of stuff over and over again Mm -hmm. right um with the same you know you'll hear the dun 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 dun, and that might start him saying something completely new Mm -hmm. but it's the same type of he burr's about to talk yeah well that's easy to kind of figure out sometimes because you're like, okay, it's the same stanza, same cadence, you know, whatever. With James Madison, James doesn't always say a whole lot, you know. And if you look through history, you you know, there were certain things that I was finding that I just thought were really humorous. Even though they're not funny, I thought they were funny. Was it his nickname like Tiny or like <laughs> Sickly or something? It was I, I, some. There was turnout, a couple of different things I've read. Some kind of little, you know. Right. He he was. It was like it was like little Jamesy or something. Some kind of. He was. He was. You know. People. I, I I think people probably considered him to be scrawny. What what the what those sicknesses were? I think they they varied or or maybe they were just one thing. Mm-hmm. But one thing Tommy talked to me about was he was like you know we don't want to make this about you know showing the audience just how sick you are. Sure. I think you were establish it and then you move on yeah right yeah, you yeah. give a couple coughs people get it right all right you know so you didn't want to build your character on that right um i just started to think about why why is he and thomas jefferson and a lot of what i'm saying to you is stuff that i've talked to mm-hmm. tommy a lot about as sure. well he's not he's not deferring really in his mind yeah James Madison is a brilliant mind, but the it the what he's encased in is this shell, you know, of maybe his physicality or maybe his his stature. You know, I'm talking about just the real James Madison. But there's nothing wrong with his head. There's no. nothing wrong with his brain. No. So, you know, I've had those friends. I used to have a friend growing up. He was stronger than me. Mm-hmm. And because he was stronger than me, I really didn't want him to like hit me in the arm or like you know, be be mad at me. Yeah. He was, and this is like kindergarten, first sec, first grade, second grade, that yeah. type of stuff, right? But I always wanted to be wherever he was. But I just didn't want him to be upset with me, right? Wanted to be on his good side. Wanted to be on his good side. I think that James Madison knows that Jefferson has the gravitas. But there's always somebody who is wise enough to know what the end game is. 
James Madison knows what the end game is, just like Thomas Jefferson knows what the end game is, which is why they they plot half the time of how to get Hamilton out of the way. Right. Because there's a lane that they realize they can create, but they can't successfully pull this off if they're butting heads with one another. James Madison, in my mind, knows that he's smarter than Thomas Jefferson. He's that's, doing that's it for the greater good. Yes. Yeah. I think that he knows things. In his mind, for the greater good. In yeah. his mind. I think that he knows that, that Thomas... And, and we're talking about in the world of Hamilton. Sure. He knows that Thomas has a short fuse, that Thomas can get off the guardrails and start talking about stuff that doesn't matter, take things personal. And I think James Madison knows I got to keep him, you know, on this road so that we can get this done. Because if this goes the way that it does, I'm going to be the president at uh-huh. some point. Right. Just like Thomas Jefferson is thinking that, right? Right. So really that's where where I started to kind of weave how Madison fits into this into Jefferson's world because he has to fit in his world. You know. Yeah. He he he's leading the charge. I I think that that's that is definitely one one part even if it's a small part of their dynamic. But I think when you look in history at all the things that James Madison accomplished, you had he would have had to be a brilliant mind yeah. to figure all of that out, right? So in 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 Hamilton, the the moments are painted so perfectly for him to interject or for him to have his opinion or for him to make it seem like Thomas is really coming up with these wonderful ideas. Sure. But is he really? Right. You know, or is James Madison just presenting these ideas in such a way that he doesn't feel intimidated by James? Mm-hmm. But James is still getting what he wants because guess what I just did? I just fed you something that now you think it's kind of like those cartoons. Me, me and, and James in the show, we were talking about this the other day. JMI? JMI, yeah. JMI made a great point. He said, it's like the cartoons when like somebody might say something and the other cartoon character is like, no, that's a stupid idea. But then they say the exact same thing, and then it's not a good idea until they say it. I think that's Thomas Jefferson and James Madison in a lot of ways. But James learns how to to package his ideas to where Thomas never has to be like, that's stupid. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, totally. I think that's the brilliance of what what they (laughs) created. You know, I'm in Hamilton. laughing because it's like it's, it's such an amazingly perfect conversation for us to be having. Oh, I, just, man, I, I, can't, I, I love, love talking that we're about talking about it. it. Yeah. All right. So guess what? The Patreon peeps have a lot of questions about this. OK. Do you have a couple of minutes? Of course. To I'm take here. Some questions. Let's keep it going. Patreon peeps. Wonder powers. Activate. <laughs> perfect. If I were Shockwave, this would be much more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Patreon peeps. Dear Alexander. Okay, so I, I have them all in like a little bit of an order. Okay. But this order just got totally changed because of what we were just talking about. Are they talking like or asking questions in real time? No, no, no. Okay. They they submitted them, and Got then I, I like ordered them based on like what the theme of the oh questions gosh, were. This is so cool. But so I know it's the coolest. I I I can't even talk about it. It's the best, wow. greatest thing ever. I'm loving uh, it. The peeps are the best. But so Molly specifically Molly. has this to say. Okay. So when he and Chris Lee were in Chicago hmm. for one of the cabinet battles, they had a bit where Jefferson <laughs> dropped the mic. <laughs> And then Madison tried to pick it up, but it was too hot. 
Yeah. And he had to grab it with the <laughs> handkerchief. And then she goes, gif of this moment in the comments, because you posted it. And she goes, this was hilarious. I'm wondering how did that come about? Did he? Does he do that now on Broadway with a different Jefferson? Oh. What's the deal? Okay. First of all, that is an amazing observation. <laughs> I'm telling you, these peeps are real. So many of them have oh seen you in Chicago. I just laughed. Really, really. I haven't had a laugh about that in a while. What's up, Chris? Um... Hi, Chris. Come over anytime. Chris, please. you need to fly into New York and come on, come <laughs> well, to the come podcast. To you, whatever, we'll figure hey, it whatever. out. Hey, whatever. Call me. Um, so we're in rehearsal, and we knew that we had to come up with a bit there. Tommy tells us, "You do not have to do what you what what we do right now. Try something else." Like he was like, "Do do something else." It was. It could have. You know, we could have come up with anything, but. I don't know what we were back there doing that day, but we were in a really like giggly mood, right? He and I, like, we're, I'm serious. Like, Chris, Chris is one of like I could text him anytime, and we could start talking about anything and find laughter, right? In something, right? Well, tell the listeners if they have not seen the show before what this moment is. So this is the moment where uh, Lafayette is getting ready to end his first battle with Hamilton and with I'm sorry uh, Jefferson with Hamilton and he, and he says imagine what's going to happen when they try to take our whiskey mm-hmm. and between that phrase and Hamilton's next verse there's a bit that happens almost to be like you know a mic drop if you will mm-hmm. like he could have dropped the mic right there and walked off the stage it was so good right, right? and I'm just there for, for to support him stand with me in the land of the free pray to God we never see Hamilton's candidacy look when Britain taxed our tea we got frisky imagine what gonna happen when you try to tax our whiskey we, we, we came up with maybe one other thing. I mean, we didn't have like a bag full of bits. This came, it was like, aha. Hashtag bag full of bits. This That's was not amazing. a bag full of bits, man. This was just an aha, right? Uh-huh. But the idea of the bit was, Jefferson, you put the mic down. I'm going to go act like I'm going to pick the mic up, but it's too hot. So then I'm going to act like I'm going to touch it, but then I'm going to take my hand away like, ooh, ouch. Then I'm going to take my hanky and grab the mic because it's too hot. Then when I put the mic in my hand, I'm going to fan it with my hanky as I walk away. <laughs> that was the bit. If you follow me on Instagram, if you scroll through, yeah. I'll, you I'll can see it. again when this episode okay. comes out because Molly was kind enough to share, to oh link, link to your Instagram. Dishy, okay. And but, that is how that bit was created. And the way that we knew it would work, Alex Lackamore was in rehearsal. He had not seen us. Nobody saw us working on anything. So we're running the first cabinet battle in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Alex is sitting there and he's like right in front of us and he's like making sure everything sounds good and we're hitting the points. Mm-hmm. And so it came time to do the bit. We do the bit and Alex Lackamore, man, was like, ah! <laughs> like he laughed and it was. Yeah. That was all we needed. We were like, we got oh, Alex. That's it. We're good to go. It's I, don't, the best. <laughs> I don't even think he jumped. Hey, I think Lex. he just sat back and just put his head up to the sky and just, just. let it rip, right? So we knew we had something. <laughs> we didn't know if it was going to work, but we were like, okay, he liked it. We, we must be in good shape. I mean, and it was it was a hit, man. It was and, a hit. <laughs> and <the thing> is, <laughs> it was a it was a greatest hit. I have not seen you do that <laughs> on Broadway, which is fine. But everything you do is great because the thing is about like like we were just talking about with Madison, like there is a quality about him, and there has been like when you do take the mic from who whatever <laughs> Jefferson you have at that point, like you do sort of make a 
little bit of a yeah. I don't want to say a scene about it, but you there's a little bit of a thing when you well, take the mic. You depending on who you're playing against. Well, the the awesome thing about doing it on Broadway was I didn't for one I didn't want to do what what we had created in Chicago because I like being a part of the fabric of whatever exists, right? Sure. And I try to find a way to be a part of it because that's important. Of course. Um, and James is so explosive at what he does. I really was the first couple of shows watching him to kind of figure out, you know, his tempo, his yeah. rhythm. And and he does stuff that I'm like, I wanted to laugh when he did it in real time, but obviously I can't because I'm on, I'm on sure. stage, right? But, and you super have his back and everything is super serious. Oh, As absolutely. Madison in that moment. Well, yeah, like he has stuff that he creates, that Does he that created. Does that kind of giggly sometimes where you're like, I can't laugh because it's James oh, Reinhardt being and Let me tell you him. something, man. James James is hilarious. Andrew Chappelle, I, I had never gone on with him, right? James was out one show when I got to, when I came to New York. Andrew goes on. I had the hanky. Thank God I have that hanky because <laughs> it was over my mouth. A lot because I was just like, oh my God, this is like, one, is like he? this is amazing. Yeah. So all of them are just, I've been blessed to work with Chris. Chris was a young, you know, dude who was fresh out of college, who was just hungry. And so I got to work with that type of energy. I get to work with James. James mm -hmm. is a veteran. You know, he's, he, 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 the way that he works, I've been able to really gather a lot of stuff from him. Yeah. Just, I mean, and that's the beautiful thing about the material it gives you a front row seat to how people think mm -hmm. their sense of humor. And right. I think playing James Madison, you really get to sit back and gather stuff, you know, as far as information about the Jeffersons, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. If, like personally. Yeah. Scott says, Wallace, I saw you three times in Chicago. Mm. I'm still wow. blown away. How did you find the voice and characterization for your Madison? Wow, man. It's genius. He says. <sighs> wow. I can I'm, show you the email. I mean, it's right no, here. I, listen, I believe you. I have the I'm receipts. watching you read I mean, it. Like, <laughs> you got the receipt. I do. Uh, I'm I'm grateful and thankful that somebody just enjoyed my performance. Um, always, um, it just works. You know, like I said earlier, yeah. it's like a hand in a glove. You know, I, this material it lends itself to your strengths, and you don't really have to do anything except mm. put it on. And and um, I enjoy playing James Madison so much. Oh my gosh. More than I probably enjoy playing in the first act. The first act to me is such a natural part of my life. You can't even say his name to me. More no, Hercules you, Mulligan. More than Mulligan. Hercules Mulligan. Well, here's the thing. I love them no, equally. No, it's your day off. I'm not going to ask no, you to do it. It's a, no, you get, if you wanted me to do it, I'd do it. No, I would never. Um, I love them equally. I think, though, <laughs> that I found James Madison later. And I think okay. because... I found I was like Hercules, Hercules, Hercules when yeah, I first yeah. started doing the show. That my, my as Madison started to grow a little later. Yeah. And now it's like I'm always happy when I get to do both acts. Like for real. Like I'll come out on stage. Oh, I love that. And it's just like I'm like, man, I get to put this beanie on, put this jacket on, and I get to bang on this table right now and do this mm -hmm. beat. Like that is so liberating. Like, unless you did that as a kid, like with your boys, like just acting dumb, you know, or just acting silly, that moment, that's what that is. You're just with your yeah, boys. With to have friends. that moment captured in theater is just, uh, it's iconic, man. Yeah. You know, like you can't totally. do that all the time. But to play James Madison, uh, it, it, it's the, the writing made all of those things available, the stuff that I've been able to come yeah. up with. And Tommy 
and and Lynn and everybody have I think have have given a lot of us the green light to find stuff. And maybe that's why those I think that's why those things have yeah. been found. Yeah. You know, because sometimes like and I've worked in shows, I will not say which ones, where there's a lot of like don't, no, don't, don't, don't. Ooh, right? Okay. Yeah. And and that's just a part of that experience mm-hmm. that does not mean that that's a bad experience sure. that just means that that's how that you know organism functions sure and you can either deal with that or you can't you know i mean everybody goes to a job every day mm-hmm. where you have to answer to somebody and you have to do your job you know you have to do it the way that they want it to be done in hamilton we get an opportunity because of what is written it's the power of what's written to bring life. And when you bring life into something that is so so tangible and is a part of real life, it's not a make-believe story. You know, it's real. Yeah. Um, there's a certain amount of freedom you need to make those words work, to make those things really be real for the audience. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I've fully, you know, I'm really in love with uh, playing that character. Yeah. It's just, and that's what keeps me going. That's why I don't get tired. Because, you know, you, 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 you find a way to, to, to say those words and to, you know, have those moments. Yeah. It's important. So Emily and Sabrina are asking the same question. Does your personal relationship with other cast members, mainly Jefferson, affect your portrayal of Madison? Are there any moments that you might play differently depending on who you're playing against that no. night? No. No? Not at all. Uh, for the most part, it's all in the same ballpark. And, and I think everybody does a great job of pretty much being in being in the right ballpark, you know, like nobody's ever like hanging from the rafters. <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> you know. if they're Thane, then Thane's, Thane. Thane is always just hanging, <laughs> just actually literally hanging from the rafters. We love you, Thane. <laughs> I love you, Thane. Kelly says, I love, Wall- all in caps, I love Wallace as Mulligan Madison. Thank you. I saw him twice in Chicago and missed his rival to Broadway by one week hmm. please spill all the backstage shenanigan tea <laughs> about the chicago cast the instagram makes it look like they, you guys are having so much fun and also um <laughs> <laughs> who are your closest buddies now that you're in the broadway company oh wow well chicago man you know it, it that that group of people when i was there and even the group that's there now there's a lot of um, class clowns. I think that you know probably were there schools class clown growing up. Yeah. So you. So what you're saying is that I'm not coming for Nick Walker, actually, but I'm just saying that Nick Walker is not the only class clown in this Nick, whole thing. This Nick dude, Walker, Nick Walker, li- man. Nick Walker likes to think that he's the only class. Does he clown. really? Of course. Oh, Nikki, Nikki, Nikki. I know. So let's talk about the Chicago company and like <laughs> what you guys did, and then the Broadway Nick company is probably now. eating some honey smacks right now, or some. <laughs> I some think he's golden actually on like this minute, but when it comes out, yeah, let's talk shit about what he's doing because <laughs> he loves that cereal. Uh-huh. Um, no, man, the Chicago company is—it's just great people. They, you know, they assemble wonderful people. Yeah, you know, and I think that. That's all about energy. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, your vibe um, in your personal life outside of the theater. Um, there were certain people that I met on the first day of rehearsal that I did not know had a sense of humor. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when you meet people in the first couple of weeks of rehearsal, everybody's so focused on getting their job done that you don't you don't really have time to talk, you know, yeah. and, and talk about stuff that's funny. Um but what I found was that a lot of the people Buckle up everybody in Chicago 
were big clowns. And Karen Olivo, <gasps> who I talk to every blue moon. Okay. Is one of them. I was going to say, can we please talk more about Karen Olivo? <laughs> I can't believe that she's now coming up in the pranks. Can't, unless, well, I'm obsessed with her. I don't know who's protecting Karen. And, <gasps> and, and, and you know, but I, and, I, and I will I will protect Karen. No, she is absolutely a hoot. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, Karen, <laughs> Karen in rehearsal, in her process, she she's focused, man. And, and the thing is, once... Well, that's how you get to be Karen Olivo. You just focus. That's what we were talking about earlier, yeah. right? About Josh and Karen and totally. different ones, right? We have a food connection. Um, she loves food, but she's more disciplined than I am, right? So Karen, like, she can love something mm -hmm. like fr a fried chicken sandwich or some ribs or whatever. Girl, Karen same. has the discipline to eat it when it's the right time to eat it, right? Like, or she's going to the gym. And then she's like, all right, now I can have that because I did the work. I don't do any work, right? I just am like, I'm going to eat it. Like, it doesn't okay. matter <laughs> if I did the work or not. So we found a love language through food. And even now, I can send her an emoji of that like. That has to be the name of your autobiography, <laughs> Love Language Through Food. Listen. <laughs> the Wallace Smith story. She, like, the forward by Karen Olivo. Can I, <laughs> can I tell you how I found certain restaurants in Chicago? Yeah. Karen. Karen was like, listen, bro, you need to go and, and find this hamburger joint. It's around the corner, down the street in this alley. I'm telling you, that's the best oh burger God, you ever. I love and that. I would go, and she never she stared right. me wrong. Never. Absolutely never. She's the first person to put me on Jenny's ice cream. I never heard of Jenny's ice cream. She put me on that. But she's a clown, man. Like, great sense of humor, loves, you know, big foodie, all of that stuff. Like, So she's, like, smart and gorgeous and funny and talented. She's got, she's the whole thing. She's so chill, man. She's the best. Yeah, she's she's just a good-hearted human being. I feel, like, I feel like people are listening and be like, you don't know Karen. I'm like, <laughs> I know, I don't know her, but I met her once at BroadwayCon. It was amazing, and yeah. I just... <sighs> nah, man, she's a great human, you know, but we, we had a lot of that and I think it was infectious, right? So yeah. and people started to let loose and everybody started to find their voice right? Uh, within acting a fool. And, and I, you know, when I was talking to Gabby about it, she was saying something like, you guys are all, you were all there at the, in the same moment. Yeah, we were. And then you realize, oh, we're all in the trenches and now we can kind of loosen up a little bit yeah. because I feel like it's everyone is holding their breath. That's the thing, yeah. <gasps> And like, we're here. Are we really here? Are we in Hamilton? Are we in Chicago? Are we doing this? And then the minute you guys start to yeah. exhale. Then everybody then comes outside. Then it's like, oh, so now we can fuck around? Awesome. <laughs> everybody awesome. comes outside at that point. Yeah. But we really, like, we, we, we did a good job of just, you know, getting our work done and then having the opportunity to, you know, to enjoy one another. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. So Rob is asking, uh, you have a history of connecting with fans. Hmm. He says he got many curtain call high fives from you during the lottery uh, during Godspell. Oh, my gosh. So he's asking, is it easier or harder making those connections in a show that is so that is such a phenomenon? Um, I would probably say it's it's just different. You know, Godspell, we we were in a different environment. We were at Circle in the Square and that environment is one that is very open. And so you you're it's easy to connect with people yeah. um, and also you know that type of material Hamilton I I feel like I still connect with the audience but just in a different way yeah you know even if I don't get to give people high fives I feel like I'm taking a ride with them sure. I don't look at Hamilton like hey we are gonna tell you a story because we are so amazing I think it's the other way I think it's this is about us 
all of us. And so from that standpoint, which, you know, like when we come down at the beginning of the show in the line, that really is 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 one of those high five moments, even though we're not giving high fives. Right. But it is a moment for us to acknowledge that this is us. Yeah. You know, and no matter where you come from in this room right now, what are your political views or whatever right now? It's all of us because yeah. th- that's 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 who we are. Right. Um, we, we can agree to disagree, right? You know, there, there's always going to be differences in our in our country. Right. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to come into the same room and celebrate what our country is founded upon. Mm-hmm. So I think from that standpoint with Hamilton, I found a way to to have that type of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that you can like high five in, in many ways. Oh my gosh. Based on whatever show you're in. Yeah, like, people high five me all the time. Like if, if like for instance in Yorktown or anything, even in, in my shot, if they're like, ah, if you hear something, that's a high five to me. Like that's somebody totally. saying, I'm feeling this like this is affecting me um so yeah it's different so you felt my eyes last night basically felt what them. You're <laughs> I felt them yes just gonna say that because <laughs> it was super awesome or as uh, David Corns would say soups us um Wallace I know you don't have all the time in the world it's I just want to thank you so 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 much thank for you hanging out on your day off of course i think you're excellent I i've wanna... been looking forward to this man oh, like stop. i, I, I want to come back at some point even with, if back. it's with other actors or oh, whatever sure. like whatever I mean, we can do whatever whatever yeah man oh i'm here for that i adore everything that you do oh, and create same. and i'm just blessed to be a part of it so oh, thank God. you for having me thank you for coming here of course um can you tell the people where they can find you on all the social media yes you can find me on instagram at wallace smith 007 you can find me on twitter same name wallace smith uh 007 all one word oh that's so easy it's a piece of you're cake both yeah, I try to keep them the same, you All know. Right. But come, let, let's let's hang, let's be friends. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll take some pics. We'll post it on the Twitter and the Insta. Dope. All right. Thank let's you do it. so, so much. Thank, Thank you. you to the peeps. Love um, you guys. Just, this is the best. Like, I'm hanging out with Hercules Mulligan, you guys. You guys know how much it means to me. Hey. Uh, Wallace, thank you again. Thank of you, course. thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you guys so soon. I love you. I'm G.Pen. And this is Wallace Smith 007. <gasps> Ooh. Bra, bra, bra. <laughs> brought to you by my love of the thing tm and my complete lack of chill please join me in raising all the glasses to sir alex lackamore for generously making my intro music and this custom yorktown arrangement that i will never ever get over thank you thank you thank you to become a patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests get tons of behind the scenes access and join the best kindest and most welcoming corner of the internet go to patreon.com slash the Hamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag team no chill. I'm at the Hamilcast on all social media and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike, you know, Mike, and can be found at theresiduals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of theater people and Broadway backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution. revolution.